everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Preparedness Breakdown Podcast, a no-nonsense approach to everything preparedness. My name is Terry, and I am your host here on The Breakdown. For those of you who don't know me, I have a background in the fire service where I have worked as a professional career firefighter and paramedic. I have also served a couple years in the military, and I have spent the better part of the last 25 to 30 years learning and prepping in some form or another. I currently own a preparedness supply company and serve as an instructor in many disciplines, including firearms and medical training. So with that covered, let's get started with today's episode of the Preparedness Breakdown. And today is Saturday, February 12, 2022. This is Episode 7 Alpha, OPSEC, Operational Security and Situational Awareness. Hey, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about operational security and situational awareness. In Episode 5 Alpha, You Need a Team, we talked about bringing new people into your group, team, or tribe, and how developing trust was a crucial component of building team cohesion. In this episode, we're going to look more specifically on your operational security, what that means, what kind of information you should hold close to the vest, and what information you can be a little bit more generous with. We are also going to look at the concept of situational awareness and how you can learn to be a little more observant than what you are today. OPSEC, Operational Security. OPSEC, or Operational Security, is the protecting of critical information deemed mission essential. It is generally used in military situations to keep the enemy from using information against you. Ever heard the saying, loose lips sink ships? This term is also used by preppers to keep their preps secret. If people know what you have, they will not hesitate to kill you for it. Operational security is one of the most critical and paramount things that you can engage in from a preparedness standpoint. We talked about having a graduating level of security access with people coming into your group or tribe in Episode 5 Bravo, Group and Team Dynamics. If you haven't listened to this Bravo episode, it is available only to our P38 Club subscribers. So if you are not a member of the P38 Club, you are missing out on some great content. But I digress. Having a graduating level of security speaks directly to your intentions and ability to maintain and hold operational security to the highest degree. When it comes to operational security and the information that you hold, I wholeheartedly believe that one of the best ways to maintain it is to employ the concept of a need-to-know basis. I am going to tell you about a success and a failure that I had a few years ago. This success and failure occurred in the exact same action. I was on location of an event that my group at the time was coordinating at the state capitol here in Iowa. I was in command of the event, and one of our missions was to provide security for the event. So one of my security team leaders and the security chief approached the command tent to have a discussion with me regarding a security issue. Now, before I go any further, I need to set the stage. This was a very cold February day in Iowa 
with temperatures in the low to mid-30s and the wind was blowing a bit, so it was fairly cold to say the least. My wife at the time was in the command tent with her teenage son and a few others. When the security chief and the security team lead stated they needed to talk to me about this security issue, I recognized this was a sensitive issue and the people that would be privy to this discussion was very clearly on a need-to-know basis. So what did I do? Yep, you guessed it. I did what any leader worth their salt would do in that situation, and I kicked everyone out of the command tent except the three of us, including my wife and stepson. She balked a little at first, and then begrudgingly left the command tent in a not-so-happy demeanor. Now let me clarify for a minute. I trusted my wife and would normally tell her anything and everything, but this? This was a matter of operational security. Information was going to be discussed that was on a need-to-know basis, and quite frankly, she didn't need to know. You see, she was cold and thinking of her own comfort, and I was thinking more about the security issue that was before me and my team. So we had our discussion that lasted about 10 to 15 minutes, and then I let everyone back in after we had a plan to correct the issue and the meeting was over. By this time, my wife was steaming mad because I kicked her, in particular, out of the command tent. Forget that everyone else got kicked out also. My success in that situation was that we held the operational security to the highest level and were able to navigate the issue with only those folks that needed to have the information to have it. My failure was that in doing the right thing for the situation, I highly pissed off my wife. Never a good thing regardless of how it manifested. And my failure continued to haunt me as I got reminded of it periodically for years to come when she seemed to be irritated at something entirely different. Operational security is so important that it warrants talking about what you can talk about, who you can talk about it with, and when it is appropriate to discuss these issues. Going back to the example I gave in Episode 5 Alpha about the Prepper family from Colorado in the 2013 National Geographic movie American Blackout, the family had bugged out to their compound with the daughter's boyfriend. When they got to the compound, the dad proceeded to show and tell the teenage boyfriend about all of their preps. The two-year food supply, the stored water and electrical generator system, the underground bunker, and other supplies. But he failed to teach the boyfriend about operational security and why it was so important to keep these preps a secret. Later in the movie, the boyfriend secretly gives away food to the neighbors behind the dad's back. And then even later, the neighbors invade and overrun the compound with a conglomerate of people looking to steal supplies. This threatened the very existence of the family. You see, when good people get scared, hungry, and desperate, they turn evil. It is survival of the fittest at this point, and they will not hesitate to kill you for what you have if they know you have it. So when, then, is it appropriate for you to be able to discuss your preps and how? This comes down to trust. You must, without fail, be able to trust emphatically the people you discuss any of your specific preps with. We all need sounding boards. People we can talk to about our preps and them talk to us about theirs. This is beneficial because you learn, gain new ideas, and can help each other avoid mistakes or going down the wrong path. I am very blessed and fortunate 
to have a couple of friends like this. But you need to understand, these friends that I have entrusted with this operational security information, well, I trust them not only with my life, but with the lives of my family. The trust runs to a super deep level. You don't get that kind of trust overnight. When you get new people into your group, even if those people are close to you, like a brother or sister that may not have the same ideologies as you, you still need to be super protective of your operational security matters. Until you can know where their loyalties lie and you can develop that deep level of trust with them, you need to keep things close to the vest. So what can you say and to whom? The answer to this question comes in the form of another example. I am an instructor for preparedness and other classes. I regularly teach topics that require me to talk about methods and various preps so that people can learn from my successes and failures. While I divulge a lot of how-to information, I rarely, if ever, give out information about my specific preps. In episode 1 alpha, in the section Start Small and Build Slowly, I gave the example about how I increased my water supply by purchasing one extra 5-gallon Culligan water bottle each month as I replaced what we had used. I also stated that I had increased my stock from 16 jugs to 28 jugs the next year. I discussed that I had, at one time, 28 jugs of water. And I also discussed the method that I used to obtain them. This is mostly generic information as this was an example and used for effect. Given that I am part of a mutual assistance group, which could range in size from 2 to 200 people, that amount of water storage may not be but only a 1 to 2 day supply of water. I never divulge any specific information about where the water is stored, at how many different locations or caches, or the quantity of water that is what makes up that particular prep. I also never divulge the PACE, P-A-C-E plan, that encompasses the totality of my preparedness plan. I will continue to talk to people about preparedness and my preps so people can learn. However, I will discuss them in a generic manner and never give the specifics surrounding my personal or group preps. I would suggest that you do the same with people that you have not developed that trust with yet. Either give them little to no information or give them generic information and never any specifics that would point to your preps. Depending on the person you are talking to, there is also the possibility that it might be best to give them some misinformation, but never in a way that makes it look like you are better off than what you are. If you are going to provide misinformation, I would do it in a manner that either scales down or misdirects them to an alternate direction. I'm not saying that you should lie to anyone. I am just saying that it is on a need-to-know basis. And if they don't need to know, then you should not provide them with that specific information. When it comes to operational security, keep this in mind. Any information that you provide to someone, regardless of how insignificant you think it is, could be used in a negative way and come back to haunt you. If someone knows something about you and your preps, they may keep it a secret. But if their life, existence, or family is threatened, your information could be used by them as a bargaining chip to get them out of their dilemma. Remember, when people get desperate and panic, all of their normal demeanors and actions go out the window. And now, a word from our sponsor. 
The Preparedness Breakdown is sponsored by Iowa Preparedness Supply. Iowa Preparedness Supply provides emergency preparedness supplies, products, items, and training to individuals, families, and groups of all sizes. Any natural or man-made disaster can be difficult to navigate. However, those who plan ahead of time and are prepared have a greater chance overcoming the challenges associated with a long or short-term disaster. Plainly put, failing to plan is planning to fail. That is why Iowa Preparedness Supply wants to get the supplies, equipment, and training you need into your hands at a reasonable cost. We offer items like solar-powered flashlights, fire starters, emergency medical supplies, essential oils, ballistic armor, smoke grenades, less-than-lethal rubber ball and pepper ball guns, water filters, gas masks, and firearm laser training products, just to name a few. We also offer group training in the areas of communications, security, emergency medical, preparedness, group and team dynamics, and firearms training. You can reach us by visiting our website at www.iowapreparednesssupply.com, by phone at 712-600-4509, or by sending us an email at info at iowapreparednesssupply.com. Okay, so let's get back to our discussion. Situational awareness. What is situational awareness? Situational awareness is being aware of what is happening around you in terms of where you are, where you are supposed to be, and whether anyone or anything around you is a threat to your health and safety. Everyone has heard the term, keep your head on a swivel. Well, that is referring to your situational awareness. It means to pay attention to what is going on around you. So many times each day we see people walking around with their heads buried in their cell phones. We see people daydreaming or reading a book in public. These folks are violating any resemblance of what it means to be situationally aware. They are so consumed by what they are focusing on that they have no idea what is going on in the world around them and they cannot see any dangers that are lurking around the corner. These people are soft targets for criminals and other evildoers. They have put themselves in a compromising position. And for what? Entertainment? I implore you to not let yourself fall into this situation. Sure, we all need downtime, but take your downtime in a place where it is more safe for you to do so. Don't let yourself fall into the trap of complacency, especially in public. So what can you do to have more situational awareness? Well, there are a couple of things that come to me off the top of my head. Number one, make sure you are not burying your head into your cell phone. Number two, always take note of what is going on around you. What is in front of you? What is behind you? And what is to your left and right? Number three, keep an eye out for things that seem out of place. Example, remember the movie Beverly Hills Cop? where the guy walks into the club in the middle of the summer wearing a long winter trench coat? Yeah, definitely out of place. What other things seem odd to you in your immediate environment? Does anyone old enough remember the day of the terrorist attack, September 11th, 2001? I do. And before I even knew what was happening that day, 
I noticed the eeriness of the silence that filled the air from the lack of air travel after planes had been grounded. Something seemed out of place, and it was. Pay attention to these things that are subtle or when your instincts are telling you something is wrong. Number four, when you enter a place of business, take stock of who is there and where the exits are. If you sit down in a restaurant, sit to where you are facing the door so you can see what is coming in and out. Number five, if possible, always keep an exit to your back and never let a potential threat get between you and the exit. Six, leave yourself an out. Never let yourself get boxed in. The place I see this the most is in traffic. Most people will pull right up to the car in front of them that has stopped. And then another car pulls up behind them and blocks them in. They are trapped with nowhere to go. I always leave at least one car length ahead of me when stopped in traffic, and I try to be in a lane next to a shoulder or median. That way, if something happens, I always have an out. I can maneuver, pull forward, pull onto the shoulder or median, turn around, or get away quickly, even if I have to go against traffic for a short distance to do it. Same thing at railroad crossings. If you can see there is a line of cars stopped for a train, pull over or stop short of an intersection prior to the railroad tracks. That way you can get out of there if need be. Yes, always leave yourself an out. One final thing I can think of for you to do to increase your situational awareness. Here is a riddle for you. What does baseball, hockey, and preparedness have in common? I will let you think on that for just a second. Okay, the answer is anticipation. Now, I would have never expected you to answer that correctly, but let me tell you why learning to anticipate things is so important to your situational awareness. First, we will start out with the riddle. Baseball. My dad used to be my baseball coach. And one thing he taught me was that when you were on the field playing defense, before every pitch, he said you need to do two things. Number one, know what the situation is. How many balls, how many strikes, how many outs there are, how many runners are on base. And what situations could likely happen, like is there a possibility for a double play in this situation? And number two, know what you are going to do if the ball gets hit to you. You should know ahead of time what you are going to do with the ball. Where are you going to throw it if it comes to you given the current situation? Anticipate what is going to happen. Hockey. A reporter was once interviewing hockey great Wayne Gretzky, and the reporter asked him why he was so much better than everybody else. Wayne's answer was brilliant. Wayne said that great players skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck is going to be not where it has been. Anticipation. Anticipate what is going to happen. Preparedness. That is basically what we do, right? We try to plan and prepare for what is about to happen. We try to anticipate what will be coming down the road, and we prepare for it. Anticipation. Anticipate what is going to happen. How does all of this tie into helping us be better with situational awareness? If you are paying attention to the things around you when others are not, through anticipation, you will see things that are going to happen before others see them at all. When you take a bigger picture into account, you can see a wider breadth of things that are happening. 
you might see that car coming down the road too fast and also see the child chasing the ball down their driveway and right into oncoming traffic. You might see what is going on in traffic around you and how you can avoid a collision by anticipating. That idiot driver two cars up in the next lane over is about to cut in front of the semi, causing it to swerve or jam on the brakes. If you can anticipate what is likely to happen in any given situation, it will cause your level of situational awareness to go up. And if you can key in on those things, you will be able to take action yourself to help prevent you from being caught up in the mayhem that is about to occur. This will also enable you to be better prepared in all situations. And that will bring us to our kit collection segment. In the kit collection segment, we select and review one or more items of kit or gear that is a good item to have as part of your collection of prepping items or preps. So when I say kit, I am talking about all of the gear, loadout, clothing, equipment, and preps that you have and will acquire and can use in an incident should one occur. Kit collection. The item we have selected for today's kit collection segment is the SOS Food Labs Family of Emergency Ration Products. We are going to talk about some emergency food rations, and I want to be clear, these are just that, emergency food rations. They are not a long-term food storage option for everyday meals. What they are good for is that 48 to 96 hour period where you might be without the ability to get food by normal means. So like if you got temporarily stranded somewhere or got caught away from home with no money or any way to purchase food, that's what these are for. We are going to introduce you to three products from SOS Food Labs. The first is the SOS Emergency Food Ration 3600 Calorie Food Bars. There are nine bars in the package and each bar contains 410 calories. They are packaged in a super durable package with a foil inner and plastic outer wrapper. Each bar inside is individually wrapped. They are pretty tasty. We have broke open a pack or two to pass around samples at a preparedness class and they kind of have a coconut flavor base to them. These emergency food rations are carried on every Coast Guard and Naval vessel in the fleet and are also carried on military aircraft. Each nine pack of the 3600 calorie bars runs $12.99. The second item is the new Millennium Energy Bar. These are like the 3600 bars only flavored. Each bar is 410 calories and low sodium. The bars are individually wrapped and come in the following nine different flavors. Apricot, coconut, lemon, orange, tropical fruits, raspberry, blueberry, cherry, and vanilla. The bars run $2.25 each. The third item is the SOS Emergency Drinking Water Packets. The volume in these packets is only 4.227 ounces, but the packaging is what makes them so great. The packaging was developed for the military for soldiers to carry in their rucks. These packets are so robust that they can be driven over by an SUV and not break. Also, due to the special materials used in the packaging, they will withstand temperatures down to 17 degrees below zero before freezing. You heard that right. They may begin to form ice crystals below zero, but will not freeze until 17 below. That is super important in the northern part of America where the temperatures drop below 32 degrees often in the winter months. The packets we carry at Iowa Preparedness Supply 
also have an easy to tear open side spout that makes it easier to drink from the pouch itself. Throw these in your vehicle emergency kit and unless you have a super cold cold spell, they should be just fine. That provides you emergency drinking water when you are on the go in colder climates. Each packet of emergency drinking water is $1.25. If you are interested in purchasing any of the SOS Food Labs products highlighted in this segment, they are available on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website at www.iowapreparednesssupply.com. A link to each of these items on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website has been included in the show notes listed in the episode description. Announcement. Before we go today, I wanted to make an announcement. Iowa Preparedness Supply and the Preparedness Breakdown will be attending and participating in a Preparedness Expo coming up next month in Harrison, Arkansas. The Tactical, Survival, and Defense Expo is being held the weekend of March 11, 12, and 13 at Camp Jack, which is a Veterans Resource Center in Harrison, Arkansas. The event is being hosted by Cindy Silor and Ace Promotions, LLC, and has just a $5 admission fee for the event. Kids 13 and under are free. All classes at the event are free with your paid admission, and there will be approximately 80 tables of vendors, including the Iowa Preparedness Supply Booth. I will be on hand and will be teaching two classes at multiple time slots throughout the weekend. Class 1 will be What is an IFAC? Individual First Aid Kit. And Class 2 will be Mutual Assistance Groups, Team Dynamics, and Organization. We will have all of our preparedness products available at our booth. This is the only preparedness show going on in the United States for that weekend. So get your prepper on and come meet us, visit with us, and get some great education at the Tactical, Survival, and Defense Expo. You can find information about the event, including hours and location, in the show notes listed below in the episode description. So today, we covered OPSEC, Operational Security, and Keeping Your Prep Secret. We covered situational awareness, why you need to be aware of what is going on around you, and why you need to learn how to anticipate the things that are about to happen. We introduced you to our fifth kit collection segment, the SOS Food Labs Emergency Food Rations, Millennium Bars, and Emergency Drinking Water Pouches. I hope this was informational for you and that you can apply it to your own situation. All right, that will wrap it up for Episode 7 Alpha, OPSEC, Operational Security, and Situational Awareness. If you liked this podcast, I would encourage you to like and follow us. You can help us keep this podcast going by making a donation on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website or by joining the P38 Club on our Patreon site. Subscribers will have access to exclusive content and specials when they become available and will receive a monthly discount equal to your subscription amount for purchases on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website. That gives you the opportunity to get back your subscription fees while still enjoying exclusive content and access. You can find us on Facebook, Bullhorn, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Listen Notes, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can visit our website, thepreparednessbreakdown.com, and hear us via the embedded player at iowapreparednesssupply.com. Tell your friends, 
tell your family, and tell your neighbors about this new podcast dedicated to preparedness. You can also reach out to us by sending an email to info at thepreparednessbreakdown.com. You can find links to our websites, Patreon, contact information, and other show information in the show notes listed below in the episode description. And that will do it for this episode of The Preparedness Breakdown. Until next time, stay vigilant, keep learning, and keep preparing.